Hi, and welcome to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Yes, our schools here in Florida are closed. Teachers are scrambling to help parents and children feel connected and safe, helping them manage changes in routines and schedules in everything that we know is normal. So we've been working really hard um, for parents and for teachers to put up some really great resources. The videos that we've been making are on my Facebook page, Karen Deerwester. They are also on the Family Time YouTube channel. Those links are also on Facebook. And um, we're just doing our very, very best. And we're, it's a lot of changes, but I know that our children believe in us and trust in us. And if we can find a way to manage our stress and anxiety, if we can hold it together long enough to help the children get through their day, then when our children are asleep or when they're with other grown-ups, we can fall apart and get all the nurturing that we need as grown-ups to manage our own stress and anxiety. So it, it may be really fitting. It's a universal topic that we've got coming today, and it is um, children's anger and how to support, guide, and understand um, just how volatile they are at certain ages and stages and um, how they really need us to be on the same side as them. And, um, and to know that they're not going to grow into angry, frustrated, um, reactionary grown-ups, that it really is uh, appropriate for our children to feel all of their emotions and for us to feel all of the emotions that we're feeling these days. So I'm not sure uh, how often we'll be podcasting because our podcast center is um, closed to the public. And so I don't have face-to-face -face time with uh, my, my square table guests, but um, I will do my best to fill in the gaps here and there and to stay in touch as best we can. So please stay in touch with me through social media, whether it's Karen underscore Family Time at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. I am here and absolutely want to be part of supporting you so that you don't feel as alone um, in the in these challenging challenging times so enjoy this podcast and we'll catch up with you again very very soon today's podcast is children's anger our conversation was requested by our mom guest who's experiencing her son's anger and wondering how to best respond and support him. Young children are just learning how to feel and think about really big emotions and anger is probably one of the biggest. So we've asked Dr. Marnie Schneider to help us with this podcast. Marnie is a mom and a pediatric clinical neuropsychologist right here in Boca and we are so lucky to have her and have both our guests on previous podcasts as well. So I'm curious about Marnie's perspective as a mom and as a psychologist. And Lauren Carey, this is your topic. <laughs> um, you, you have a mild-mannered, gentle, sweet son. And woohoo! He's found anger. <laughs> yes. Tell us. He turned three. <laughs> turned three. And you, you know, that was a really hot topic on Facebook this week was all those three-nagers out there that are creating struggles for the people that know and love them. It's real. 
Hi. Hi, hi. Uh, Thank you so much for having me again. I'm excited to be here. I want to come back more. Oh, good. Um, So, yes, my son Dylan is three and a half. And as you know, because you've experienced him in family time, he is. He's he's been mild mannered. He has a very gentle soul. He has a timid nature. It's to this day, still does. Is not the first kid down the slide. Is not the first kid um, running around or wanting to watch a certain movie. Like he's definitely has a more timid nature. But as we want him to, he has discovered his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very bright. He has a good vocabulary. He understands things and is learning now to like throw things back at us. Um, he's learning how to throw things. He's learning how to hit and to kick and do things that we didn't experience terrible twos. That like wasn't that wasn't an issue in our house. Okay, and we hold that yes. thought. Now we're gonna get to the specifics. So just a quick one from Marnie. I mean, uh, my opinion: if you get if you have mild twos, the threes are brutal because they come with new cognition and power and voice that wasn't there in the twos. But Marnie, the difference between two year old anger and three year old anger. <laughs> well, first, I, I don't. I like to rephrase it. I don't think it's terrible twos at all. I think they're just learning about who they are in their experience so it's always going to be changing whether you have sassy pants coming at you at three or four or at 15 it's all trying to figure out who you are in the system or your family that you have so the the voice is excellent and as you were describing your your little boy i was thinking that's awesome he's figuring out who he is that makes it harder for you because he's not as compliant i'm assuming yeah it's um Yes, a lot of auto-resistance where there used to be excitement to agree. Uh, And the interesting thing is my husband and I talk about this all the time. We want him to have that voice. We like seeing the creative energy at work, processing whatever he's processing, but how you know perhaps it taps more into our own deficiencies about how we cope with things but how do we triggers doesn't have to be deficiencies just triggers well and how so how do we teach him so give us give us one situation that just bugs you okay it's like what the please go you know you just threw something and i asked you not to throw it please don't do it again picks it up, throws it again, and looks right at you. And then runs in the other room. Classic situation. You gave him a dare. (laughs) I love it. And then you get to say, I guess you're done playing with your truck. Right. Let me know when you're ready to play with it again the way you're supposed to. And then the truck has to go in a place that he can't climb and reach it, but it's also not thrown in the garbage. It's just when you're ready to use it properly. I'm happy to let you do it. And I would encourage him to come back and say, okay, mommy, I'm ready to play with it. Okay, okay good. So we utilize some of those tools. Let me ask you, Marnie, is so let's say a parent says, um, you know, let me know when you're ready. And he's like, takes that deep breath, walks around the room three times and is like, I'm ready. And then gets it and ups the ante on you. And you just do it again. You just do it again with, with calm. calm yeah. Totally okay. just do it again. And you have the best smiley face and you've got this because this is about who has power at the moment and getting kids to yes or getting them to do the things you want them to do in the least aggressive least painful way ends up being the best long-term way because we know punitive and i'm not saying you are punitive but for everybody out there being punitive 
actually has the least long-term results. Right. So go ahead. Give a a few sentences on what makes something punitive and, and how is that encouraging resistance and aggression? So if we were to take the toy and actually throw it in the garbage, that leaves no room for growth. Right. That's very punitive. And it teaches children, I'm going to be afraid rather than let me think and take action accordingly. I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. I'm exerting my power over you. And I don't like that. As a woman, I don't like that. As a mom, I don't like that. And teaching that of boys or girls, that somebody can have that power over you is is not my preference at all. Exactly. Exactly. And we try and we... We are not punitive as a go-to response. Gentle demeanor, just describing the the situations. Yes. Well, so good. I'm glad that I do. I wish I was that way all the time. I think it's the first time you're calm. The second time you're calm, he escalates with you. He continues to not listen. The toy sword goes up here. The toy car goes up here. You know, we're not going to play with this anymore because that's not how we play with our toys, right? When you're ready to play nicely with it again, I'm happy to give it back to you. And your whole day feels like a negative spiral. Oh, my God. And then until there's a moment at times where I feel like, because I wish I could say I'm this calm, we don't lovely, want you to. Right. No, we want, I mean, I have lost my temper. <laughs> I've, I've yelled. I don't like when I yell. Neither one of my husband or I want to have a yelling household. And then I feel bad, and it doesn't work with him. But there is becomes a point where he gets, I, I mean, it's we call it a case of the crazies, where he gets out of control. And it almost seems like he's possessed. Yes. <laughs> where he's he's genuinely not listening because he almost can't hear me in that Correct. moment. Slow and brain. he's it's, it's, it's yeah. physical yeah, totally. with the arms out and the legs out. Um, luckily, he's not a biter. Like, but I know friends that have had that experience with their yeah. kids. Um, you know, without like bear hugging, restraining the behavior because we don't want to get hurt. I mean, it hurts. I've been hit. I've got a seven month old at home. We have to be careful with the baby. Just only when he's in those modes. He's gentle, you know, like, yes. what do you do to snap them out of it? Because I don't want him, I want him to understand what's happening in his body, not avoid it. Mm-hmm. But if I don't understand what's happening in his body, how do I guide him? Great and this question. is what Tim and I, we, we talk every night when we have an issue like this. How did we do today? What did we do differently? What's what's going on? So I think those are the times when we are at a loss as parents about how to know what to do. Okay, so if you don't, I don't know where you want to go with this, but I'm thinking that idea of what the heck is going on. If I don't understand it, how can I help them? I think that's a great universal question of what is actually going on. You know, like I want to say, Upstairs brain, downstairs brain. I mean, he's mm-hmm. in pure amygdala hijack, fight yep. or flight. Yep. Why? But what's he fighting or flighting? Right. What I want to say is that's what it means to be two. That's what it means to be three. When I'm in an oppositional stage and I'm clenching my fist, like I am mm-hmm. grounding myself into like a crazy two, three-year-old posture here because... It's like somebody wound a wound-up toy. <laughs> yeah. I can feel it. Yeah. I, can, I can go right into it identifying mm-hmm. with them. And, and the way I feel about it is it's you know what when they are in opposition it is 
becoming a person, becoming their own person in the world. And they will throw themselves against the spikiest walls just to feel the spikes and the edges. And so what it is, is why do they go into fight or flight? Because I must, in order to become my person, fight this world. So it's this pure reactive and then the spiral happens so that they can't de-escalate, calm, think and feel. They're in, they're stuck in this reptilian brain. Yes. So tell us now. Yeah. Well, totally. And I was thinking, okay, like with whatever age the children are, I always like to think about what's the setup? What was going on what was he trying to say in his three-year-old way with the toys? It was that you were making dinner and you were distracted doing something you needed to take care of, mm-hmm. and therefore you could not um, pay attention the way he wanted you to. Maybe that's it. And that's the when we talk about even the kids' triggers, you're not paying attention to me, and I need you now. Whether or not they really do, that's their perception. Mm-hmm. And how do we see in that setup, what could we do differently next time? Sometimes there's nothing you mm-hmm. could do. And if you did it differently, something else would. If, if it was country. a blue cup, green cup, then it's going to be sitting, standing. You know, it's totally oh, anything can throw them when they're in those, I think of them as disequilibrium, emotional growth states. And what I heard you say about your son, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that at school, he is not like this at all. At all. They, uh, he is. So the only place he has to try out all these different thoughts and feelings is in a safe place at home. Right. Which is, I'm not saying better. Yes, I mean better because it's, it's, he has some sense of boundaries in that respect that he can keep it together. And then you have the pleasure of dealing with all of, all of this, which is, me, means you're a safe person to deal with it. So it's not a bad thing. It's actually good. It's right. a great thing. No, so, it so is. That's I think this is universal for parents. I mean, the anger is the biggest because it's a because it looks like aggression, and mm-hmm. it's like and 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 you think maybe there's something you could do. So the question I just wrote as Marnie was talking is, can we avoid or help children avoid anger? I don't think we should all of the right. time. Right, I don't want to avoid right. it. So it's like, it's, but it's is there coming. Something, right, but is there something in the setup? Well, you shouldn't push them to, you shouldn't push them into Right, it. and so, um, so here, here's a, a simple example that I witnessed because I was at the table. Preschool, little girl, 18-month-old, uh, other little girl, my family of four, so 15 and a half, 13 and a half, out to dinner. And the mom and dad, and at the end of dinner, the kids were getting milkshakes. Okay, so that's not a big deal. You think, okay, no problem. We're going to give them dinner, and then they'll have a milkshake. So, excellent. Well, the little girl, who was the preschool child, not the 18-month-old, didn't really want to eat her dinner. And then when it was time to order milkshakes, the mom said no. Seems reasonable to me. Okay, well, the little girl kicks the mom's chair. And then mom looks at me, and I'm thinking, yeah, I, this this isn't my area right now because we're here as friends, but okay. Um, I said, well, does she deserve to have the milkshake? Yes or no? And forget deserve. How do you want to handle the anger that's coming with it, which is kicking at you? So in the setup, if we think about the setup, it was too late. I'll be honest with you. We should never have gone out to dinner with kids at that their age at at. I think it was eating at 6.45. 
I would have canceled if I knew that my child had a long day and, and maybe had a bagel at five, I'm not going to take them out to dinner. That's the setup. That's mm-hmm. a quote. Do you see that's the, yep. okay. So now we know they're overtired. They're overtired. Oh, and now they're not actually hungry for their dinner. So why would we attach dinner to milkshake if that's not an achievable goal? Because there's no room for dinner now when you have a bagel. Okay, but now that the kid's been kicking and that maybe is your red line, the answer is, I'm sorry, honey. There's no milkshake tonight because you were kicking my chair. Let's try again tomorrow. And the kid has a complete, utter screaming meltdown in the restaurant. And, okay, I know this is hard for you, but we're going to go now. And then we just go. We have to leave because... The setup was a problem. It put the child in a position that they could not be successful. So the anger is there. I'm not mad at the child. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm mad at the parent either. They wanted We hadn't gone out for a while, and this is the way we could see each other. So sometimes things like that happen. So that's what I mean in the setup. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Does that to- make sense? Totally. I mean, I think there are times when I intervene and cancel or do it in that scenario might do the same thing where you feel bad canceling on a friend but you don't want to have a meltdown and a a screaming kicking situation so you might reschedule or do something like that but there are also times when I'm sure every situation if I were to go back and analyze them would obviously have a setup do I it would be something interesting for me to pay attention to because I can't swear that I always know what it is. But you didn't have it a year ago and you didn't have it six months ago. So that's well, it's the, been, I would say it's been mm-hmm. building over the last six months. So I have things that we can turn, you know, that there's enough data now that I can go <laughs> back and analyze. It's not like an isolated situation. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my question then, because once you have the data, Mm-hmm. Once you know how the setups have gone, um, like that was a great scenario of how you would play out what a parent can commit to in the moment, um, no matter how many conversations you've had before and after, you know, okay, this is how we're going to try to handle it. What is the child, what's the child's perspective of um, expressing that anger and given that our response is what are we teaching them about awareness of their emotions and their behavioral choices so i'm thinking about emotional skill building here in terms of how do we how do what right. do we, what do we want to teach and what can we reasonably teach a 3 year old in this case of of how to express anger and what to, and how to be comfortable expressing that anger right how do i support his emotional development and understanding what it is that he's feeling and why what does he need when he doesn't necessarily, you know, I can't necessarily sit and ask him, well, why are you angry right now? <laughs> I've tried. It doesn't generally work. Yeah. Um, so. You said you see it building. See, I find most kids, you see it building. Yes. Okay. So I saw it building in this example because there was some anxiety going on about getting the milkshake like the other kids. So you, there was, it was in the air. Mm. It was starting so is that a time to intervene? Is this a time where you say, okay, let's, we're just going to, this is going to be the way it's going to be and they're going to fall apart and we're going to go home and we're all going to be okay? Or do we pull the kid aside and say, you know what? I realize I said to you, you can't have a milkshake because you didn't have your dinner, but I forgot that you already had a bagel. So let's get you a milkshake. 
that's the walk back with mm-hmm. a reason, a good mm-hmm. reason. There's a there's awareness for an adult about what it means to have a kid out of control. And if you can understand why that bothers you, it will help you move forward. So lots of families say to me, I don't want my kid to be unhappy, right? They're unhappy. I don't want them to be unhappy. Give them milkshake because why should they be so unhappy? It's not a big deal. You know, that we don't have an issue. (laughs) Right, so setting that boundary. It's not that I don't care if they're not upset. It's actually okay to be angry. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be frustrated. It's not a good way to handle things by kicking. That's not going to work. Yeah, no, we, so I do, I try to validate the emotion. I want, right, we don't want him to avoid knowing what it means to be sad, to be disappointed, to be frustrated. We try to teach him, and Mm -hmm. he's actually pretty good at telling us, I'm really frustrated right now. We don't always know why. Maybe that's not important. I don't know, but it's the, I guess for, for me, whoops. The escalating is a little different because I feel like he, um, maybe it's, maybe it's just him, maybe it's not, but there's more of a zero to 60 that I feel like I'm witnessing where we're playing nicely. And then all of a sudden there are toys being thrown across the room and that's very common. Yeah. There's nothing strange or abnormal. What you're telling me about a, a child, boy or girl. Right. Throwing toys. Obviously, though, I don't want, you know, I've tried to teach him you, a, stuff, a stuffed animal is one thing. But, like, if he's throwing a wooden toy, yes, I'll take it away because I tell him we don't throw toys. But I'm trying, I feel like I'm missing a piece here, though, of trying to teach him a better way to understand that energy inside of him that is coming out. If there is a better way to teach him, because I don't, I guess I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job of teaching him That's what so, that good, energetic mm. feeling in him is. Obviously, it's something physical, right? He's either running around doing this or he starts throwing stuff. Sometimes we take him outside and we're like, oh my God, let's go run around the pool five times because you have so much energy, you need to go let it out. What time of day is this? Generally, I would say in between dinner, lunch and dinner. Okay, so that time frame for him is what, what time is bed? Seven. And so what time is dinner? Five. So you're talking about not necessarily the witching hour between dinner and, and bed after, you know, between that, but, but but when kids have the most amount of energy between And them. after school where he's held it all together. Oh, he needs to run and climb and play and jump. Right, because he used to nap. He's not napping anymore. That's unfortunate. I know. <laughs> I love the naps. Once in a blue moon, but not on a regular basis anymore. Right. So he's held it together all day. He needs to be able to release all of these thoughts and feelings. And he's not going to be able to always tell you why. And that's okay. Sometimes he might just need a hug if you see him saying, starting to be in that mode. It sounds like you've had a long day or it's been a busy day. Can I just get a hug from you and then let's go do jump on the trampoline or... Let's play a bouncy ball. So I usually get a, sometimes I have kids get a big, you know, the big red balls Mm -hmm. and they bounce or try and bounce to the parent. It's a redirection of energy in a way that is not harmful and can be just more side by side playing and nobody's going to get hurt because I think most of all, he really just wants to be with you and have your attention. And we had a new baby come in the mix seven months ago, which is 
the t- same timing. It was right before his third birthday. Which so, makes it hard. Yeah. So can we talk about, um, hypothetically, I mean, but, but the idea of that combination of sibling siblings and anger and jealousy and and as you said all of a sudden that dynamic gets Mm -hmm. very complicated like with the milkshake if i know somebody else is getting a milkshake and i'm not or i might not then i i might have to go for negative attention in some way or just release you know just right how i'm feeling well i don't want to be left out that's not fair i want something i'm just putting words to what i imagine this child was feeling um that's not fair. Why are they getting milkshakes? I want a milkshake. It doesn't matter. I should. All of this stuff is going through their head without even having the words for them, right. and and we have to not take the meltdowns personally because it's actually not about us. It's about that experience, and what can I do as a mom to help set them up for better success, including how to handle those feelings. So the baby does add a whole new thing into the mix, right? For sure, and. You know, he's your number one and baby's number two. And you'll always have one and two. Maybe you'll have three and four. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Shop is closed. Got it. And number one will always be different than number two. And I adore my number two. And same with, uh, you know, same with my number one. They're just different. And they have different places in the family system, given the fact that he is your number one. And now he's expected to not... Be your sole attention because you have this other baby. Yes. It's interesting watching the difference. And she's too young to see, like, an anger, like, any of that. But, um, yeah, for the most part, he is good with her or just ignores her. I mean, he's not aggressive towards her, thank goodness. Like, I've had friends have the stories of, like, all right, take her back to the hospital, mommy. Or, (laughs) or, you know, be not not gentle and not kind he just more or less he'll be nice or he ignores her which is fine it's fine yeah and i think like going the sibling issue might have more to talk about but there were so many other points still to the how we help have that awareness of that of of, of that slippery slope when you start to tip um because i think what happens is you might be trying to do anything else in the world that you want to do, you know, mm-hmm. and your parents are so distract, easily distracted with co- adult commitments and things that they, they do in a day. So the story that comes to me that I think still fits in the anger situation was one of the moms was telling me in the hallway, um, her daughter was like yelling, but mom, I want this, and mom, I want this, and mom, I want this. And she's like, I hear you. And it was one of those things, there was no way the mother was able to give her daughter, and she's not even three yet. And she's like, I hear you. And she's like, no, mom, you don't hear me. And it was this beautiful where we like try to hold them like in this holding space, mm-hmm. but there's no holding them in the holding space when they feel that urgency for our attention or our, a response that we may not even be able to give them, which is, right. you know, you know if, if that's, if his tr- difficult time is after school, before dinner, because he knows once everybody's together for dinner, it's going to be great, and then we're going to have a nice pre-bedtime routine, mm. but this is the part of our day that's not quite that's smooth, then, it's, then all of a sudden those needs percolate up somehow into that space. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what goes on during the, that time period? 
Your other child is? She's home. Is she napping or she's week present yeah. at this time? I mean, we're trying to have her on a regular nap schedule. She's not the easiest baby in the world. Um, but she's home. You know, God willing, most days I have a sitter that helps with one of the two of them so that I can have that time with him. But we are generally doing something at home. Like? sorry, Playing in the playroom. Okay. Um, I do let him relax and watch like a show on TV if he needs some downtime. We do puzzles. Um, we run around the backyard. And we might go run an errand on like our way home from school. But generally we're, we're home. Is there space to do, definitely do outside stuff? Mm-hmm. Not just, I don't just mean physical space, but space in the schedule to actually have some outdoor playtime together. Yes, when I have help there, yes. It's hard if I've got, you know, if it's just me and him, which mm-hmm. does happen some afternoons too, where it's the three of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have to go put her down for a nap. So, you know, and so he's can entertain himself for a few minutes and he does okay. Um, you know, and then, yeah, then I'm sure this is, I guess I'm having my like stupid aha moment, but I'm sure most of this is about him needing attention from me. Probably. But he does get a lot of it and that's what's hard. You know, I do work with my husband a little bit. I do still need to make dinner. I do still like, I love you and I need to feed you. In order to yeah. feed you, I need to go get your dinner ready. Yeah. Um, I like them to go to bed on time because they are better people when that happens, and I have a nicer evening when that yes, happens. Yes, absolutely. Everybody should have that. You know, but I agree with you. So I try and I, I try to live in that space of being scheduled without being rigid and being timely without being nuts about it. You know, and there's there's a fine line sometimes. I agree a hundred percent, and I've run my household that way. And it made me think about that time. My boys are um, just under two years apart, so it was quite busy, mm. as you could imagine, as you know. And I remember my younger son going for a nap and having my older son and not having help. And what am I going to be doing? And I found it very nice to be. Yes, it's Florida, and we have the privilege of doing so. Sitting out on the in the back on a lounge chair, putting music on and blowing bubbles. So I had the monitor, and I could hear what Ethan was doing, and Jacob and I were blowing bubbles. And that's a moment that I, it's not just one moment. There were so many of those moments that it felt like part of a regular routine to have something that we did together. And Ethan and I did not blow bubbles with Jacob because he was sleeping, so that was something he and I did. Right. So it's carved out special time. And... I do miss those days, <laughs> but it, it acknowledged the need that he had to let out whatever it was and be safe with me to do so. And, okay. and what I would add is, is this idea of attention seeking and what satisfies mm-hmm. attention. I mean, I agree with you. Bubbles, balls, open-ended, if you can get dirt, air, and, and, and water totally. in there, totally. those are really great. So even if yeah, the if baby's... Yeah, we can swim is the best thing. He's like his yeah, favorite Yeah, you know, there thing. are just, especially, because, I mean, I love puzzles and books and all those indoor things. And he's a, he's a, 
he's not a big physical guy, but he's also probably done he's more becoming events, more physical though, which is yeah, which is great yeah. because school is so much of that quiet play, mm-hmm. and you and might contained. you know we hit this low. In that hour where it's like, okay, before I get dinner, I just want to have that, you know, like we might have different expectations of how, how we want to spend our time then. But, but, but back to the attention thing, what I kind of think about is, and maybe it's my own mythologizing, is that I think that the older children... He may not need as much time because it's the number one thing parents will say. I give him so much time and it's never enough. Mm. And then I think, hmm, so how do we put in rituals? Like you said, the bubbles were predictable. They're, it's it's, it's Becky, Becky Bailey's I love you rituals. Mm-hmm. How do we put these rituals in so that we can say, oh, you're missing mommy. We need some, we need, uh, we need to, you need to know how much I love you. And then you need like an I love you shtick, you know, whether it's like, do I love you this much? Do I miss you we this much? Some, you know, yeah. but where it's something where you, it's named and predictable and it's, so that two minutes can fill them up like 20. Right. Because I don't think he needs as much time as the baby needs, but he needs it. He needs reminders and mm-hmm. check-ins more often because other things are struggles for him in his regular growing. I have a new baby. I have new challenges at school. It's towards the end of the school year. There's higher expectations. I'm going to be moving into a new age. You know, there's, he has his little world of challenges and drama that, that is taxing him maybe right now. God, I thought I was always giving him the quality over quantity approach, but... I have to look at the afternoons more carefully then to see what's what to try to understand what he might be experiencing. And in this busy day and age where we all have so much going on, the kids feel that and the kids feel whatever energy has been going on, not to sound too hooky or kooky, but having a busy household, having a new baby, having businesses to run and things to get done, it feels very um, for a lot of kids, I'm, I'm looking for the for the word. There's some freneticness to mm-hmm. our lives these days, and they're feeling that and expressing it. So it's good that he's expressing how he's feeling. Yes, you're going to be the brunt of it, and that's also quite special right now because you'll get him through that too. Right. So ba- when when we talk about these I love you rituals, my children happen to go to sleepaway camp. Um, I go for seven weeks, and every single letter I write and have written from day one ends with the same line, because it's predictable, mm-hmm. and they right. and they know it. Are you sharing? Am I sharing what I say? You don't have to. What the last? What no, the I, 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 um, So it goes. Sometimes I'll change the order of the words, but it's um, have fun, try new things, and know I love you. So sometimes with Ethan, it's I love you more. The last word has always changed. With Jacob, it's the same. Interesting. Because it's that I love you more, I love you most, I love you the moon and back. That It's always that, and they, forever, for the purpose of that ritual. Mm. The ritual. And, and the thing that I know about rituals and kids is sometimes children inspire us to create them. Like, he'll lead us to mm. oh, something. Oh, they happen so naturally, yeah. which Those is are so the much best. fun. Yeah. yeah. We have, like, inside jokes, and he's three. It's, yeah, like, the yeah. best feeling in the whole world. It's terrific. And it's funny. So we do that exact thing where he'll be like, I love you, Mommy. I go, how much? 
he goes this much i go no and he he's the one he goes this much no and then until you know his arms are this big and then i'm finally like yes so it's like but we've developed all these different things together like i have a spot on his neck and i'm like where is it is it here and you know we so we kiss i get to kiss his whole little body till i get to my spot and we do i mean we do all these things every night so i have two things that just popped into my mind and and one of them is um maybe one of those could fit into this into into his disequilibrium in those moments to that frenetic because your question was, how do I help him know what's going on in his body? Right, support it. But wait, like, but maybe it's not. He, you maybe there's an extra step in there, like you're trying to teach him to understand what's going on in his body, and that is your ultimate goal over years and skill building. But for now, it might just be, oh, how do I connect with you, mm-hmm. so that me and you. You and I are a partner that can de-escalate, and then it's that, and it's and one of those little rituals could be okay. the, the the ingredient. But wait, but then as soon as that popped into my mind, something else popped into my mind, which was, oh, and if he's really smart and precocious and hitting the next stage, then that that he could like destroy one of those rituals that you have where no i don't love you i'm mad at you this much and then i want to say are you ready for that and can you be ready for that and prepare for that for 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 a new expression of him actually making you saying i hate you i'm angry at you right or blowing up one of those rituals because again i want to say it's coming it's okay it's a next developmental stage Mm -hmm. So, so if you, if you go to one of those treasured rituals, I'd love it, but I also want you to tiptoe it just in case. (laughs) It's true. I mean, that, that may happen, but I go back to the, the toys and the throwing of the toys at that moment. I'm trying to figure out what is he trying to really communicate? And is it that I'm done playing with toys or I'm trying to provoke you to do something different with me? And is he baiting you into this power struggle? And maybe what you can do is actually take the power right then and there. I see you're done with your your trucks, and I need to make dinner. Should we have pasta or rice? And completely shift it and not engage, start engaging in that. um, Wait, I'm having an aha. Here's what I here's here's my aha. Yes. The whole thing was he wants attention. He wants attention, and and so they were getting an anger response, and then and then we get confused as the grown-ups about what kind of attention, but but I'm thinking, the answer to attention is connection, mm-hmm. because if the need yes. is just I need you, mm-hmm. I need you to connect with me. That's all it is. So when I think of the little girl screaming at her mom, you're not listening, it's, Mom, you are distracted. Mom, you're not, you're not my, my emotional partner holding this and helping me get back to my groundedness. You're not here with me. You're, you're, you're trying to help me, but it's... Anyway, so, but it's just connection. If you connect, I think it all melts. Into sweetness and honey. Before every toy is thrown off of the shelf. <laughs> or, or before every book is thrown off. But on by the, floor, the second one, you can say, oh, let's go. Let, we have to, let's go out of the It's like room. a frenzy, yeah. though. This is my. Okay, so 
Yeah, if I can the holding, just, yeah, there is, you said you wanted bear hugs. To there talk. is, there feels like a frenzy in those moments where he's not looking at me throwing one toy and like provoking me. There's almost feels like there's a shield mm-hmm. where he's not even paying attention to me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and my husband and I have said to each other, we're like, we don't know what to do in this moment. It's it's almost like he physically can't hear us. No, he can't. He can't. Right. So, I mean, he's then gone in his room and, like, taken every book off his bookshelf and thrown it on the floor. So, and I do think you want to interrupt that. I, oh, really? I don't. Oh, okay, good. I so don't. this is this is interesting okay. now, right? Because I can't necessarily go in and pick up every book now and get a box and say, I guess we're done with all of these. No, I... I but, so he's in his room. It's so interesting. You know uh, yeah. why? Because I... If he's having a meltdown and he's throwing his books off his shelf, okay, and then what? Well, but he might be not having a melt. His meltdown, though, might be coming with laughter. And, but it's anger. It's frenzied. It's frenzied. It, this is not playful laughter. I can picture that. It is I can picture. frenzied. It is, I can't hear you. I'm yelling. I'm laughing. I think this is funny. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, I've seen laughing. children do it in my classroom. Yeah, and totally. It's so... That's the zone that I am struggling the most with. So if you walked away, if you turned away and said, babe, when you're ready, I'll be in the kitchen, whatever. He may hear you, he may not. And you walk out. What do you think would happen next? I think that his room would become a disaster. And? He'd probably keep it up until he was ready to come out to the kitchen. And? I don't know. I don't know what he would do in the kitchen. He would probably say, Mommy, I'm hungry. Okay. So let's have a snack and then we need to go pick up your room. It's it's, okay. it's certainly an option, yes. The problem I find with a lot of parents, and I'm, and I'm not picking on you at all, is that fear gets in the way. And if we go to the end, what's the biggest fear? He's going to... Be a kid that acts out. Out and acts out and throws things on a regular basis and doesn't know how to, co- you know, like that's, you do that spiral of, I don't want my child to be the kind of kid that behaves like that. Okay. So I think that's that the, I think that's the, is totally. that about self-judgment of your, or is that you want, don't want other people to judge your kid? No, that's, I, I mean, it would be both, but for me, like, I know I don't want. You want your sweet gentle guy back. Well, yeah, and I don't want to be. It's both a. Per, it's a. It's a reflection of me doing my parenting job that I don't want the kid that doesn't know how to behave and listen. It's and it's the self. Yeah, it's that I want to know that he knows how the proper that I'm teaching him and that he's actually learning the appropriate way to behave. How did How did you teach him how to sleep in his room? I let him cry. As a baby. Okay. I mean, I, I sleep trained with the cry it out method. And when he got his toddler bed or a bed, did he just stay in his room? Yeah. Because we did the transition very, very slowly. He would have stayed in his crib till he was seven. <laughs> He's that kid, never climbed out, would stay in there and play for hours. I mean, this is the kid that Karen knows. I mean, he was happy. I mean, Mommy, I'm ready to come out now. I'm done napping. I mean, just like... And toilet training? How did you toilet train him? I, again, we waited till he was ready. And? I talked to Karen, gave him a gentle push and said, you can do it, because he was scared. 
And he said, okay. And we it happened in about a month. So if past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior, how's this going to work out? My guess is that it will work out just fine. It will work out just fine. And he, he, he's got to go through this just like he gonna, was going to have accidents to, you know, on the toilet or missing it and all that other stuff. And he will continue to miss it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mom of boys. Um, this will work itself through. As long as you stay predictable in your response and have your boundaries of what's okay and what's not okay. Well, and that's the part I'm so want to get better at. Okay, so what is that hard line? And that's some of the things that 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 I think as parents we really do need to think about. So, and I go back to I don't know if you nursed or not, but I did. Okay, so when the baby ultimately bites at the breast for the response. Right, and it happens to and everybody who's been there has been there. Mm-hmm. The the what you're supposed to do is take the baby off the breast, set your boundary. No, and then if it happens again, it's no, and we're done. And you literally close up shop and distance. It's setting that boundary by walking away when he's having a fit. Is saying this is your space, your room is your safe space. Have your mess, and I will help you clean it up. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that the next time he has this big fussy mess and he's all over the place, maybe not the next time. It'll come down the road. It'll start shrinking because he's learning to manage himself. We cannot manage everything for them. Right. And giving him the space to experience some of the discomfort allows growth for him to handle it better and for you to handle his discomfort. We cannot be pacifiers. Right. I, I think that's the I whole, that in it. a nutshell is the hardest uh, part, was, and that, that hit was the a, nail on the head. It was beautiful. It's yeah. so well said. It was so yes. perfectly well said. Okay. We, we have to do our wrap-up. We could do part two on this. We should even follow up in a couple months and see how his <laughs> anger's doing, and how and, and then you can be angry mom. <laughs> and he'll right? be different by then. He will be different. He will be different. Uh, my aha, I, I'm going to do the, I'm going to have a, a wrap-up. So the wrap-up's always the same. How have you got this? Just about children and anger or situations and anger. And I want to say my aha is from Marnie tonight, which is don't be afraid of their anger. It's our fear of, of children's anger and emotions and those whatever. I mean, that, that was so profound. Just don't be afraid of it. So mm-hmm. uh, Marnie, how, how have you got this? It's made me think about my boys and when they were little. <laughs> I miss that. Let's go back and celebrate it. <laughs> it's special. Okay, Laura. How do I have this? I have some great takeaways. I am super grateful for this. Um, I am going to analyze my afternoons and some structure or lack thereof or some little things that Dylan and I can incorporate that are just us to do together that are outdoors. Um, Because I do think that's important. Um, But I also am going to focus less on how to manage his behavior and focus more on how to manage my own so that he can let it experience, let the experience happen. Yeah. And thank you for and being so it. brave to come with this topic <sighs> and share all that you shared. We really appreciate it. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. 
We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.